Welcome to the award-winning Disrupt Education podcast, a podcast that explores the latest innovations and trends in the world of education. I'm your host, Peter Hostrosser, along with Allie Privet. We're both educators. Okay, one of us is a former educator, and we were tired of the status quo and wanted to create a space where we could have conversations that aren't always in the public eye. Join us as we talk to other disruptors, educators, researchers, and thought leaders who are pushing the boundaries and challenging the way we were taught. We're thrilled you're here to be part of a not-so-underground movement to disrupt and amplify the good pieces in education. Whether you're a teacher, a parent, or a lifelong learner, there's a story for everyone on Disrupt Education. We're here each week to bring you stories from all over the globe of people doing education differently. Buckle your seatbelt, get on the disruptor plane as we climb to altitude before letting this episode free fall straight to your ears. Hey, it's Peter Hostrauser here. And hey, I want to tell you something about how I am actually disrupting education. Yeah, I'm moving forward with portfolios on spikeview.com. If you head over to spikeview.com, Basically, what we're teaching our students to do is actually to create a skills-based portfolio around their interests, through their passions, and what they're good at. It's called the strength-based approach. So basically, what we do is we build up our students and have them understand what they're good at and what they're interested in by the time they leave our high school. But it doesn't stop there. It's a K through gray. So if you want your students to continue to build their strengths in this day and age where resumes are dying and to show more and more about who they are, what they do, and they actually control all the data behind it, guess what? SpikeView is the place for you. Head over to spikeview.com, check it out. Let me know if you need anything because I tell you what, I have used this with my own family and my students. Check out spikeview.com today. Welcome back to the Disrupt Education Podcast. We are full summer mode. And uh, how are you, Allie? What's going on? I'm good. This, you know, is a throwback comment if you listen to previous episodes. But uh, <laughs> this morning I had the joy and pleasure of eating waffles. <laughs> uh, full summer mode. Um, if you didn't catch our summer, kicking off summer episode from early June, yeah, go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> I bought spaghetti yesterday. I, I'll just say I didn't have it for breakfast, though. So <laughs> probably for the best. Probably for the best. So we're gonna we're, we should make a game out of this because that's what we're talking about today. Kind of uh, bouncing off the uh, the Elliot Mack episode um, and uh, talking about esports and and such like that. Um, okay, so in our previous conversation, right before uh, we started recording, you said you were a gamer. What game? I, Let's go. What what games? Because for me, I'm like Atari way back in the day. So kind of old. You're right. I'm I'm probably I'm your classics. You know, like '90s, 2000 gamer. I grew up. You know, like on Game Boy. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a big Pokemon player. Um, I do still have my original red version with all 150 pokemon um that still exists nice but um i also i mean i i really was a big gamer i i um 
played Warcraft and PlayStation and um, Counter-Strike. That's like before Halo and everything. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. So I I'm not like a new age gamer. I like the mm. classics. Um, I was a big into like I love Mario Party and Super Mario Kart and like, you know, N64 games and everything. Uh, and it's it's interesting because I, mean, I also did I also did classical sports i don't want to say that esports isn't you know a sport but the the ones people traditionally think of when they think of sports um i i was a very eclectic um in i just loved all of those areas of school um mm -hmm. right like the academics the the actual physical you know i played volleyball um and then also in my free time i would also go and game with my friends it was interesting when Elliot was talking about this, how esports and having like these after school communities of, of gamers catches people who don't necessarily like the traditional sports. And then I don't remember the exact statistic that he said off the top of my head, but all I know is that it was a high percentage, like in the 80s or 90s, right, of, mm -hmm. of kids who already game yeah. and just directing that into a a more kind of, I don't want to say standardized, but like giving them a space to grow with the gaming and also network. Uh, I mean, some of my great friends from high school and, 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 and childhood were made through games, whether they were games on a screen or not games on a screen, but now, I mean, online gaming and, and, and whatnot is even more prolific than when you and I were, growing up in the the kind of virtual game reality right right i will i will yes i will attach to your decade on this <laughs> but it is interesting i mean we used to have the i mean i'll give the i'll go way back um you know i remember when my uncle pulled out the atari 2600 and we were like what is that my parents had pong like they had the old console so you can see it um, I live in uh, Brookfield, Illinois, and we do have one of the biggest like old school big game uh, places called Galloping Ghost. It's, I think, the largest in the nation um, where you just pay like 20 bucks and you can, you know, play all the quarter games like we used to go uh, and do that. Um, but then the home the home pieces, yeah, they, they evolved. I had a Commodore 64 with the floppy disks, you know, the things that the kids say, what is that like a 3D save? button you know so it's actually the uh is that a 3d rendering of yes it is um but um but yeah i mean we used to like trade games and, and do th different things like that so you can kind of see where everything started to evolve networking i know that um you know elliot was talking about that how it brings uh students together and and well anybody together um and now where you know you could put on the headset and i could talk to somebody you know in england um, while I'm playing here and he's obviously in, I think Copenhagen and, and working all around, um, the world, um, that becomes very interesting. And I think one of the, one of the most interesting things from the conversation that came, uh, with me was then how, like you said, how do we harness that and then just try to still have fun? It goes back to having, bringing summer into the classroom, but how do you still have fun, but then learn? You know, um, and I always struggle with that because uh, I had I have one of the kids of the two on the team uh, who won um, 
it was uh Mario Kart uh the state championship in Illinois um and we were building his spike view out and he was still kind of struggling with like now oh, it's not really a skill but it is uh, and so when i had to start talking to him so that's that's that was another intriguing piece with um Elliot as he was talking about okay where do we take this next which i love that attitude so um i don't know do you feel like you pulled any skills from uh the the pokemon and and all that um and i want to ask about I'm, the pokemon go too right because they did kind of like all right we'll yeah. get your butt outside and then you know you had to go find things i thought that was cool I, I never really played it but i never i never got into the pokemon go that was on like mm -hmm. the, the nintendo switch or yeah and, and whatnot but right that was a time to to be outside and mm -hmm. Uh, it got kind of the renaissance right during COVID because it right. came out before yeah. and then it had the, the renaissance because people were like, Oh, well I can go outside and catch Pokemon. I can't and it's social distancing <laughs> in terms of the skills from gaming. I think they're, you know, there are quote unquote, like hacks, not, not cheats, but you know, it is paying attention to details and um, you know, figuring out what moves you have to do in order to, you know, get the prize. And, and there is a lot of prop like problem solving The the thing with gaming that I, that I always enjoyed as a kid. And, and then even as a teacher, some of the concepts that I would teach, I would use online platforms that would gamify is that instantaneous feedback. And that's what makes it so it can be, you know, you can hear the bad side of, of any kind of screen time can mm -hmm. be addictive because, you know, it just, it, it brings you in visually. Um, it has that high flicker rate and then you, you know, you're constantly trying to get better or get to the next stage or, you know, so there's, there's always like something else, which is if you're using it to build a skill set, is good. Um, you know, in terms of that perseverance, patience, um, you know, and I, I mean, I know that I would have to like reference other people back at, or go online and look at forms for, you know, like for the Pokemon, like, where can I find this Ponyta Pokemon, you know, mm -hmm. and it's in this one grassy knoll in this one area on this, you know, somebody had found it, you know, so there's, it, it seems simple, but it can focus and direct you towards an, towards an outcome, towards a goal, which mm -hmm. if you're working on a project in you know, quote unquote, the real world, a lot of that is transferable. Like, oh, you have to have this deliverable. You might need to talk to people. You might need, you might have to like go to this one spot. You might have to do something over and over again. You know, you're going to have to put something together. All of those skills, it's just a matter of are those transferable skills to your student, right? Being shown like they're like, oh, okay, I can race on Super Mario. Great. How does that transfer? Is that really a skill? Hmm. It's how you view it. And so having a mentor, uh, a teacher, a, you know, somebody helping you with that can, can kind of help you see it for not like, okay, I'm going to go play Super Mario for eight hours and just not do anything <laughs> else. But, you know, <laughs> if you have like a goal you're working towards, I can, and you know, the team mm -hmm. at team building aspect that Elliot's work um, is, is doing there. Yeah. And that, that can all 
help someone move forward through an online gaming uh, yeah. system. Yeah, I, I like to just sit around and play Mario Kart for eight hours and eat Doritos and drink Dr. Pepper all day. We used to, like, that was the thing back in the day. You'd do the overnight, right? Like, you'd Absolutely. start, yeah. And, but, you know, I, yeah, you, you know, I started to think about simulators, right? So, um, you know, my son, you know, is now actually setting up um, the steering wheel and everything for my daughter, who's in driver's ed. Um, because my son actually learned how to drive a manual transmission on his computer before he got into the car. Um, and he had the pedals and everything. Um, wow. Now, my daughter, she's like, I don't want the manual train. I just want to drive, you know, and see, you know, rules of the road or whatever, um, which is fine. But um, when he did get in a car, like I was the first in the car with him and he only stalled it once and the rest was history. So um, and he does have a, a manual transmission. Um, so you think about things like that. Um, I was just at a festival over, uh, last weekend and I was talking, I have a good friend, uh, who's a United pilot and we were just talking about simulators and, and different things like that. And he said something very interesting. There's, you know, you think about the gaming aspect, like I, we can, all of us can get into any kind of aircraft right now on our computers. Um, whether you have to pay for the simulation or not, I don't know, but like, I know they're out there. So, um, but uh, he was talking about, you know, I was uh, and I still have to take my son uh, to like a 737 simulator, which is the real deal where they put you in the cockpit. It's not like a screen like we have here. But um, but then he was like, also, OK, that's great. But he's like, don't forget if you really if you really want to see if anybody wants to become a pilot, what I suggest is to um, get them that hundred, hundred and fifty dollar one hour get out in a Cessna, go up with a, with a coach or a, um, a, you know, a flight instructor. And if they, you'll know, he's like, you're either going to say, nah, this isn't for me or boom, this is for me. So you kind of go back to your first jump. Um, you know, yes, you just, you see the light click on. So there was this kind of, and I thought that was interesting and in kind of reflecting on Elliot's conversations about like in our conversations about reality and the gaming or the simulation um, I think that schools can do a lot better job of actually connecting those two. And we can kind of start seeing, you know, okay, well, here's the real life. Here's what you did with the simulation. Um, you know, I'm going to stay on aircraft because uh, the, the um, you know, aircraft uh, uh, controller, right? The traffic controller, like there's games where you can kind of move things around. If you make a mistake, guess what? People don't die, you know, it's okay, you know, but like, um, you know, but it can actually train you like you're doing this and you're like, wait, like I can really see, you know, you get on a flight radar, you start to see what's happening. I'm totally geeking out like, you know, you were about, you know, food the other day, but like, <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think those are the kind of things that and then we can give a lot of those experiences, a lot more experiences to students digitally like that. Um, and then even on top of those skills, we can go into are there careers out there? Can you get jobs? Um, can you get, I, I know you can get scholarships, but what, what are the other things that you can do with that? So I thought that was very interesting. The idea of this virtual simulation to experience and try something, because if you don't even like it at that point, 
most likely it <laughs> probably won't like it in real life, you know, if the simulation. So there is power in this idea of, you know, an augmented reality for kind of dipping your toe in the water of of something, seeing if you even like it in a, you know, a non non-real life um scenario but i do like the point that you're touching on here with get someone in a in an actual pilot seat or you know whatever the experience is like if you want to be a chef like you know mm -hmm. cool you're you're making all this food simulation do you actually like the mess and 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 the physical chopping and dicing and preparation in real life you know i mean just as a another example you you may like it in a simulation you may like it you may not like it in real life mm -hmm. who knows but it could just like you said it could it could help uh give exposure and give kids you know this this taste test of what they're doing but one of the things we were kind of mentioning before and and i would be doing a disservice to to educators who kind of have this feeling that more screen time maybe isn't the way to go because i will say that i lean towards the the in real life real time non-augmented experiences are best for for a lot of learning and so not pushing screens so much like you if you're an educator feeling like oh my gosh now i need to add more tech and more simulations that i i would say no you do not have to absolutely not and i think there are plenty of um learning experiences that you don't need a screen for and actually students benefit from that in real time in real life um and i don't i don't think you need to be either or but i just mm. i i feel like i would we would be doing a disservice to our audience and and students and educators if we were like feeling like okay esports and and online learning is a tool in a big toolbox mm -hmm. but it's not the only tool the only tool because you know when you're saying oh what did you learn from all these games i actually let's just let's just add in another element here i played dungeons and dragons solid <laughs> Was, like the dice, I, like you're yes, like the dice. Okay. It's not simulated. And I Got will it. say, I mean, I would play that every Sunday afternoon mm -hmm. that I was available with my crew of people. And that I have more memories and the, you know, the types of, of role playing you have to do in the character. And, mm -hmm. you know, we were very theatrical with it because we, you know, we'd built this camaraderie and trust with each other yep. to then. It, engage with these characters that we played for years together and that i remember infinitely more like i can remember playing on my game boy and you know playing n64 and there's you know eating the doritos and all of this but <laughs> the in real time gaming i i mean i just played all weekend the game the original game of life the board game oh wow yeah no screens, right? Yep. And it's this very meta experience of like, <laughs> like you know, it was like you, they have fire insurance, which I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but you know, it's like you roll the <laughs> dice and it was like, you're reckless, lose your fire insurance. And I'm like, 
what? And that's like the game of life. It just gives you random stuff that you you don't even realize. <laughs> Ellie um, dropped a cigarette in her bed and just burned down the house. <laughs> but I don't know. There's there's something about breaking bread with someone and in, in this in real life that mm-hmm. schools can also lean into and. Yeah. Um, it, the esports is great and does capture like right. It can bring people together. I think some mm-hmm. of the people that I met, you know, online, uh, ended up being you know in real like me and you. We've never met, but we also do spend quality in real time conversations right. together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our experience is being helped by technology. Right. And aiding it, but it's not the end all be all um right. Right. thing. So I just I had to I had to I had to share that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I like that. Um, you know, in some of our econ classes are are um we'll play like Monopoly. Um we play it in uh sociology. I know uh one of my good uh, friends who also teaches and he gives people certain situations, you know, you know, you like he doesn't play it like you know the board game should be played. He's like you are in this class of socioeconomics and, and, you know, they'll give them more money and less um, and see how they actually play it out. And then they have the conversation with it. So that's real time. <clears throat> Even with like esports, um, there is a coach, right? Like, I mean, we have a, a coach and where one of the things that, that great, and I, and I know Elliot's doing this and, and I also know, um, you know, we have a few other people, um, especially in our school that what they do is they, they, and, and kids don't like to do this. A lot of people don't like to reflect sometimes, but like to slow it down. So after you play the game, like you, you go back and you, you either watch film and you talk about it, or, you know, you think about, you know, volleyball. I mean, we have, I, there's a volleyball player and he was in the back of uh, one of the other <clears throat> classes all the time when he come in and he would just watch his game, like, and try to, you know, analyze. Um, but I think that's where the interesting part is, is where do you reflect? Because you are like, it is kind of a real time while, you know, you're there, you're talking to each other. You might be talking a little smack to the people online, but you're talking to, to um, each other. And I go back to, um, you know, one of my favorite uh, educators who has since passed, his name is Brian Davis. Um, we used to play, he was the video game club, you know, and the kids would come in. And like you said, it was a social place um, for them to kind of work, but we would play teams in the classroom. And then afterwards we were like, Oh, did you see, man, your helicopter got shot down? (laughs) You know, it was like, you know, war games and such, but you know, you know, it was, but you know, I like the fact of obviously the board games as well. Um, we play, uh, you know, in, in COVID, like we would play games with our other couple friends, like virtually. I remember we were actually playing the game on it was like a trivia game and different things like that. Um, but even in hands, you know, we'll play like King's Corner, or Gin Rummy and all these, you know, card games. And then you just, you know, you conversate, you cook, you. <clears throat> so it becomes an event. Um yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I actually played a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons. I always like was so in awe of the dice. You know, I'm like, there's a die. It's got 40 different. So how do they do that? You know, um, and then, um, but uh, 
I remember there was, a, I think it was in television or something like that, had a, a digital version of it and it was more solo. And we beat the game one time and I was at my grandparents and we were like, oh my gosh, we beat the game. But I also remember just maybe three, four years ago, right before COVID, um, there were students just like you who, who did me on Sundays and they would play and they would create their own maps. They would do all kinds of things. And um, they were starting like, I don't know if it was a podcast or a YouTube channel because they were like, oh my gosh, you listen to this person on Dungeons and Dragons. And there was like all these kind of, and I'm like, I was kind of pushing them like, well, you go ahead and do that. Right. And they started it and then we ran into COVID. But um, I think, again, that's where an interest and yep. I mean, these kids are built. I mean, you've probably seen it like they're building maps that are like, I'm like, what the heck, man? Like, that is amazing. They would be drawing them out and digitizing them and doing all different kinds of things with them. Um, and then they were able to talk about it. And that's one thing, like if gaming is your thing um, or whatever your thing is, you know, just meeting people and talking about it is so important. And and I think that's another thing that Elliot was was doing across Europe and Asia um, in, in trying to connect. And then now, like, I like that next step. Can we go? Can we travel places? Can we, um, you know, uh, obviously we'll have the, the online events, but then what can we learn from your culture? You know, what can we learn from different people um, in this? Because, um, yeah, there's there's all I all I knew is the crew that and this was at Glenbard East when I was there that played Dungeons and Dragons, there was like six and they were, they were totally different, Allie, like not two of them weren't the same. Like they all had different like ways that they dressed. They had different ways that different interests. I don't know. What was your group like there? Very eclectic. And it just brought people together. And that's what made it really interesting. And I do think that, um, you know, on, on any kind of quote unquote, traditional sports team or an online esports type scenario, the community building is huge mm -hmm. um, and exploring interest with others. You know, it, I that's that's what life is all about and what learning is all about. You'll you'll always be interested um, in in new things, new hobbies, new experiences. But I bet you'll find that the ones that you keep coming back to are the ones that are around communities. And and that is something that I really do like of what Elliot and Digon are doing with theirs. They're trying to capture potentially a community list mm -hmm. area and bringing and, and kind of creating purpose around that and intentionality. And I think anything like that, whether it's on a screen or not, is good, is good work. And it education can can kind of lean into that i know that my most successful classes were the ones that you know for whatever roll of the dice had more community builders as student leaders in them like there's only at some point there's only so much as an educator that you can do to create community sometimes it is the players that are also in the in the game in the class right like what they right. what they bring to it you know you'd have some i can remember having some classes where it was like everyone was so fixated on getting a really good grade and they it was like they brought all this stress and they couldn't just like relax and and really even help each other because they were so siloed in their own <laughs> world and if you have people who can kind of they they they're they can be called you know your jokesters or your you know they can kind of throw in random questions and but 
they are usually the most inclusive. They they make situations that would otherwise be maybe tense, like really laughable. And they're really good at bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And those types of communities, I mean, you, you when they happen in the classroom, they're so magical. Yeah. You're like, I love this hour. I love teaching this class. And, <laughs> and at some point you realize it's because it's so community. Everybody mm-hmm. really, really anybody can work with anybody everyone's so inclusive and they're in it together nobody's in it for themselves and that's a a cool area on education to kind of create more and more spaces like that um and more you know if you're developing those types of community building skills they transfer in the classroom they transfer in real life and Mm -hmm. sometimes when you're in an interview or you're at a job and you're working with someone and they just they're so you just you don't even know why you just love working with them. Right. It's probably because they're good at relationship and just, and, and not just always so focused on the work and doing their tasks that they can, they can break bread. They can, you know, have a laugh. They, you know, you can, you can talk about life and, and learning and, and there's just that, that it's an intangible, but when you meet someone, you're like, I know that I just connect with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are but, that you mentioned something very interesting in there. And what, what I heard is like, you know, you know, when we're looking for the grade and it becomes like a lonely kind of thing, um, you know, you know, when you're, when you're in a, in a situation where there's games or, or challenges or simulations where there's levels, right? So, you know, there's just these small levels and you keep going. And of course you always have the person who's got like 4,000 levels and they're awesome. Um, but kind of to your point of what I see in that one person or a couple of people who are just the the community builders is, is somebody struggling to get past the first or second level. They're not looking at the overall quote unquote grade of the game. They're looking at, okay, I need to get past this one level. And then that person comes over and helps them, right? And says, well, you can do this and this is how I did it. Um, it takes some practice, stick with it. They, you know, those are your community builders you're talking about. And I've seen them in classrooms um, on simulations and, and games and, and different things like that. And those make the best teams, right? Those make the best learning environments. And I, and I like that because what you said there was they're not focused on, I want to be ranked number 10 or better. I just want to get past level two. And then once they do it now, they, you know, they keep going, but they're able to, well, the, you know, the, the experts or the better people in the room at that time are teaching. And what's the best way to learn? You're helping out and you're teaching. So I think that's that's a great analogy. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, I was going to try to do a g- game thing in my head. To do, 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 do. I don't know. But <laughs> that's that's my spaghetti and waffles. But um, what uh, what are your final thoughts uh, or your game over thoughts uh, on this episode? Do, do, do. Uh, <laughs> the one thing this is going back to your airplane and uh discussion because so as a skydiver and a skydiver who jumps out of Cessna airplanes yeah. we're, we're not a turbine drop zone if you know anybody listening knows the difference mm-hmm. um so I fl- get into and jump out of Cessna airplanes so if there's anyone out there that is like I really want to be a pilot and I want to learn uh in a Cessna there are there are there are drop zones out there which if you do enjoy that that they love pilots who want to 
fly and then let go of watch the skydivers jump out of the plane so maybe skydiving isn't for you but maybe you want to be a pilot and i just say that because it's like you just never know where these simulations and stuff can take you and um and cessna airplanes are are really fun to to fly in um <laughs> and jump out of but if the pilot should not jump out of it <laughs> that'll land you in prison i saw that that one guy who tried to do it for youtube right and he like yeah so don't do that <laughs> don't do that that's not a that's not a game in real life you want to play yeah right so no i love it we we came full circle uh gaming real life um yeah, so if you if you didn't hear the episode with Elliot Mack um, and Daigon, you can take a look at that um, right before this one. Um, there's a lot to learn there. I think we're going into a very interesting space there. I think he's creating something uh, there as well. Uh, we're going to wrap up today. Thank you all for listening. For Ali Privet, I'm Peter Hostrosser. Hey, we'll catch you next time on the Disrupt Education Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Disrupt Education Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you ready to disrupt the educational arena you're a part of? For more ways to get involved in the work we do here at Disrupt Education, check us out at disrupteducation.co or find us on LinkedIn at Peter Hostrosser or Ali Privet. Our mission here is to help facilitate and amplify changes in the educational system through local initiatives and help you scale them into community movements. Our building network of disruptors in education are working to move beyond scores and grades as the only measure for student learning. If your school district, college, campus, or organization is looking for facilitators of this work, reach out on our website or social media. And if you have any thoughts or feedback on this week's episode or any episode, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries, taking risks, and most importantly, disrupting education.